Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Well, good morning again. Good to see everyone. So glad that you're here. Uh, Honored that you chose to worship here at VFC. Want to let you know, um, as it's been said already, you know, Thanksgiving is this coming Thursday. That means our Wednesday night activities um, are off. So the the NG Kids on Wednesday nights, uh, the youth on Wednesday nights, Ignite Student Ministries, um, and also we just finished our FaceTime semester, which is our small groups that the adults go to on Wednesday nights. Uh, that's rotating off until after the holidays. So this Wednesday, there are no activities for the youth and for the children, um, but uh, stay, stay, uh, stay tuned. We will resume after Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, I'm excited to continue our, uh, practice makes perfect series. Uh, we're talking about the things that we're not so good at. Scripture says, Hey, these are things that God's people need to do. And we think, uh Oh, cause I'm not very good at that. It doesn't come naturally, so what does that mean? Well, just like anything else, we have to practice. We have to practice. So we talked the first week about practicing honor, about how you honor people. Uh, And then last week, we talked about practicing generosity. We had so much fun. If you missed it, we actually had a a pizza delivery person come to both services, two different people, and we took up an offering for their tip. It was amazing. First service, I think we collected $660 for their tip. It was awesome, really cool. And then second service, you guys beat second service. That's the first time. It was awesome. Second service, I think, did five hundred and seventy something dollars uh, for their delivery driver, and so they were, the people were so blessed, and it was it was just awesome. So thank you for for being generous. You know, it's one thing to learn about something; it's another thing to practice it. And that's what this whole series is about: is practicing forgiveness. So this morning, we are talking about practicing forgiveness, practicing forgiveness. Now, if you haven't been with us very long, here's something that you may not know. Or if you have been with us, you may not have picked up on this. I preach, it's my commitment, to preach on forgiveness at least once a year. And I've done this for the past four years. And sometimes, you know, a part of different series, sometimes it's a standalone message. But I I preach on forgiveness every single year. And honestly, I believe that's the bare minimum. I believe it's so important. I believe you'll see that as we get into Scripture. Forgiveness is something that we have to practice on a regular basis. Why? Because people are always being crazy. People are always doing stupid stuff to us, right? And so we have to practice forgiveness. Forgiveness, And quite honestly, it's something that we're not very good at by ourselves. So I wanna, what I want to do is you've heard of the concept of forgiveness. It's not like this is a new concept, but I want you to come fresh to it. And I want you to rethink what you might think about forgiveness. So let me give you a definition. What is forgiveness? 
what is forgiveness? What do we say? When we mean to forgive someone, what does that mean? Well, the Greek word that's used, you know, the New Testament is written in Greek. The Greek word that's used for forgiveness, it means to send away or to leave alone. It basically means all the different possible definitions. It means that you, you, you let go of it and you don't ever pick it back up. That's what forgiveness means. So here's a definition that I have for you that I think will work. It's choosing to let go of a past hurt and, real, and release the person who did it so that you can be free from their influence. This is what forgiveness is. Biblical forgiveness is choosing to let go of a past hurt and release the person who did it to you so that you can be free from their influence. Whose influence? Well, the influence of the individual that may have hurt you or the influence of the event that, may you, that you may have gone through. So we, it's, 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 and no, no, notice, and I was talking with Tiff last night where I was crafting this definition and, and trying to make sure it said everything I wanted to say. And, and we were talking about the fact that it's choosing. For, forgiveness is choosing. You're not going to accidentally forgive. It, it's deliberate. It's to let go of a past hurt and release the person who did it. Forgiveness redirects attention away from the offense so that you can focus on the present and so that you can plan for the future. See, forgiveness is a past, uh, unforgiveness, let me put it this way, unforgiveness is a past-oriented thing. It focuses on the past. And every once in a while, it's okay for us to glance at the past, but you can't live in the past. I'll give you an example. It was your rearview mirror when you're driving. You know, every once in a while, you glance into your rearview mirror so that you can see the conditions around you and make sure that everything's safe. But if you were to attempt to drive and look at the rearview mirror the entire time, what's going to happen? You're going to wreck. Because you can't move forward while looking backward. And so what forgiveness does is it reorients you out of the past into the present so that you can plan for the future. Forgiveness is for you, not the person who hurt you. Forgiveness is for you. And it's been said by many people, and it's a great phrase, is that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting it to hurt the other person. Forgiveness is for you. It's something that you need. It's something that you want, whether you realize it or not. Forgiveness is so, so important. Now, let me, let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Because sometimes it's easier to define things by what they're not instead of what they are, right? So forgiveness is not denying what happened. Forgiveness is not saying, well, that never happened. I wasn't hurt. That's not true at all. Forgiveness is, is not acting like it didn't happen. Look, life may still be different after a traumatic experience, right? And, and if you're dealing with a person that's hurt you over and over and over, you probably need to put some healthy boundaries up. So, it's, so forgiving someone doesn't mean that, oh, it never happened. No, it happened. It's, it's, it's a historical fact, but it no longer has control over you. Do you see the difference? It's, it's factual, but it doesn't affect you anymore. 
So forgiveness is not denying what happened. Forgiveness is also not excusing sin. Sin is always wrong. Our sin that's been forgiven by the Father is still wrong. He didn't didn't slide your sin over into the non-sin category when he forgave you. It's still sin. But he's chosen to operate independently from the sin that you've committed. Separately from that. Apart from that. And so forgiveness is not excusing sin. It's not saying that sin is okay. Furthermore, forgiveness is not shielding someone from consequences. When you forgive someone, it's not covering up what they did. You know, you can forgive someone and call the cops. The two aren't mutually exclusive. You know, an example, you know, would be, you know, like domestic abuse. Do you need to forgive the domestic abuser? Yes. But do you need to call the cops and get his tail thrown in jail? Absolutely. So forgiveness doesn't shield someone from the consequences. As a matter of fact, God doesn't even do that. He forgives our sins, but inside every uh, time that a sin is committed, there is a corresponding judgment. There is a, a a, a corresponding judgment and consequence that happens. And oftentimes, we aren't shielded from that, are we? We make a dumb mistake, we do something stupid, and God says, I forgive you, but you still have to walk through the results of your decision. And so forgiveness is not shielding someone from consequences. And here's a big one, you guys. Forgiveness is not a guarantee that someone will change. Well, I'm going to forgive this person so that God can whip them into shape. Uh, No. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But when you forgive, remember, you're releasing it. You're sending it away. You're leaving it alone. You're not picking it back up. So you're not forgiving someone to manipulate them. You're forgiving someone to get free. It's, it's not a guarantee that someone will change. As a matter of fact, if you need someone else to change in order for you to be okay, you are their prisoner. They're in charge of your life. If you're waiting on someone else to act right, for you to act right, who's in charge? They are. And you've, you've subbed out your relationships, your, your peace, your happiness. You've subbed that all out to someone else. So forgiveness is not a guarantee that someone's going to change. So why are we talking about this? Why is forgiveness so important? What's the big deal? Well, let me share some scripture with you. First of all, forgiveness is really, really important because it's a house rule. What do I mean by that? You know, in in my house, we have three kids. One's away at college, one in high school, one in middle school. But we all have the same house rules. I'm dad, Tiff is mom. But there's some house rules that apply to everyone. I'll give you an example. No phone at the table. It's a house rule for us. When we're having dinner, the rule is no phone at the table. It doesn't matter if it's me who made the rule or one of the kids. It doesn't matter what they're going through, if they have a lot of homework. It doesn't matter what's going on. The rule is no phone at the table, and we all have permission to call each other out when someone breaks that, and believe me, I've been called out by the kids. Dad, no phone at the table. You're right, sorry. I've got, I've got a problem. It's Google-itis. You may have heard of this. If I think of something and I don't immediately know the answer, I have to find out the answer now. 
Anyone else? See, Tiff doesn't have it. She, she doesn't have Google-itis. She can wonder something, and she's totally fine wondering. I'm like, but you can know. <laughs> she's like, oh, I didn't even think. You didn't even think of Googling it. We have this machine in our pockets. You just say something that tells you the answer. I want to know. And she's like, I'm cool. Don't need to know. What? But, but not using your phone at the table. This is a house rule for us. It applies to everyone. Now, bedtimes, right, that applies to the individual. So, so there are all sorts of different things that apply to individuals, but this is a house rule. In the same way, forgiveness is a house rule for everyone. No one is the exception. Matthew chapter 6, 14 through 15, Jesus is talking. He just finished um, talking about the Lord's Prayer. He just finished explaining about prayer to his disciples. He, He went through the Lord's Prayer. And then immediately after showing them how to pray in that way, he says this. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. There's just not a lot of wiggle room in that, is there? I mean, there are a lot of theological questions I get asked on a regular basis, and I'm kind of like, ah, I'm not sure. Like, you know, will my pet be in heaven? I don't know. I hope my pet's not in heaven. Um, I feel like I'll be done with him, because I think he would anoint the streets of gold, you know what I'm talking about, and they would rust, and... So all these questions, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's just say yes. Let's just, either your pet will be in heaven or you won't care. Let me just put it that way. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Do I have to forgive? Yes. There's no debate. There's no question. Yes. You have to forgive all the time, every time. There's no extenuating circumstance that gets you out of this house rule. You always have to forgive. Here's the other reason why forgiveness is so important. And guys, I can't stress this enough. I'm about to get heavy on you real quick. Are you ready? Unforgiveness will destroy you. I don't just mean hurt you a little bit or make your life a little bit harder and you can somehow. It will absolutely destroy you. I want to read to you, it's a rather long passage. Jesus is teaching and he uses parables. He's telling a story to illustrate a point. Matthew 18, 23 through 25, he says this, therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Okay, so this is actually... Technically, it's more like $10 million. This is a crazy amount of money, okay? It's, it's, it's an insane amount of money, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And so, so the guy comes in. He couldn't pay, verse 25, so his master ordered that he be sold into indentured servitude along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me. I will pay it all. Verse 27, then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. Wow. Could you imagine forgiving a $10 million debt? That dude must have had a lot of cash. So he totally forgives. 
verse 28. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. It's actually more like $10,000. But we can kind of do the math um, on, on how much these amounts were. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. Verse 30, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. 32, then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. This would have been a really good time for Jesus to stop talking because we get the point now, right? I mean, so, you know, one servant comes, owes an ungodly amount of money and is forgiven. And then he, who is just forgiven, goes out and holds someone else accountable to a much, much, much smaller amount, right? And then everyone finds out, and the king is furious. He's like, all right, cool. So you didn't appreciate my mercy. You didn't show anyone else mercy. You Off to the dungeon you go. And this isn't just jail, folks. This is, this is torture, right? If you've ever seen 24, where they're like, holding, like, you know, hanging people upside down. And we always have to skip those scenes. Tiff can't handle it. But this, this is intense. This is not just, just jail, but this is torture. This would have been a great point. For Jesus to make and stop, but he continues in case there's any question, verse 35. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers from your heart. Wow. Here's the deal. Forgiveness is not optional. It will destroy you. When you refuse to forgive others, God withholds his protection and he allows the torturers, the hounds of hell, to come against you. Guys, I have seen this so many times. Maybe you have too. Where you've got godly, spirit-filled, on-fire, Bible-believing Christians who, who just absolutely love God. And they come up front and they give a word during the service and it's on fire. It's great. And, they, and they're serving at, at, at you know, the food pantry, and they're doing great things. But then something happens, someone offends them, and, and they, they give themselves a pass on forgiveness. And they say, well, I, I need a little bit more time. Well, I, 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 you know, this was really egregious. You know, I'm, I'll get to this eventually. I've, y'all, I've seen it. I, I know people who taught me. And next thing I know, they're just a shell of who they were. Why? Because they were turned over to the torturers. Because it's a spiritual law. It's a reality. And you're not the exception. And I'm not the exception. That if you refuse to forgive, that's what will happen to you. Every time. And I would be a terrible shepherd if I didn't drive this point home, guys. It's so important. Unfortunately, there are some here in this room that if you don't, you'll have the opportunity to forgive soon. And if you don't practice that, I'm going to teach you how in just a moment. But if you don't practice that, you will be 
one of the statistics. The people who loved God, loved his, loved his people, loved the church, served, but didn't immediately deal with that, un, with that unforgiveness, didn't immediately practice forgiveness. And then five years later, 10 years later, your relationship with God, your relationship with the church, that peace, that joy that you feel, it's just a memory. I, I don't want that for you. I've seen it too many times. It hurts. I, I don't want that for you. This is so important. So, since forgiveness is so important, how do you forgive? Because this is hard, right? I mean, it's crazy. Something so important is so hard to do. So how do you forgive? How do you forgive? I want to give you three steps. By the way, all of our notes are in the VFC app, and you have my permission. Um, go to the app store, search for Victory Fellowship Church Thomasville, or VFC Thomasville. The app is there. If you go to Sunday at VFC, the, the sermon notes are there, and you can keep up with what's going on, and you can review them later. But how do you forgive? Here's the first step, is you got to make the choice. Forgiveness starts with a choice. I will not be the exception. I know I must forgive. I'm not gonna, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how long it's going to take. Uh, this is painful. I don't like it. But, but you, you start with the choice. You make the choice to forgive. Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 13, it says this. Since God chose you to be holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves. Remember that. Clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and give and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I love this. He says, since you're, you're, you're saved, you're a holy people, you've been set apart unto God, you must clothe yourself. You must clothe, you must clothe yourself. I like that. Because clothing doesn't just happen, right? You didn't just fall out of bed this morning dressed for church. You don't, it's not like a Disney princess movie where you stand there and little birds come and, you know, put your coat on you or whatever. That's not how it happens. You have to want to and try to. You have to want to and you have to try to. And when it comes to forgiveness, it's the same way. You have to clothe yourself with forgiveness. You have to want to forgive, and you have to try to forgive. You're not going to do it by accident. This is against our nature. It's contrary to the default in our lives. So you have to, you have to make a point to try to forgive, just like putting on clothing. I love it here. It says, it says make allowance for each other's fault. Now, this is a secret, and I feel like you guys can get this. Do you know that you can actually live your life in such a way that you pre-forgive people? You make allowance for each other's faults. So here's what I know about you. I think you're wonderful, but you have faults, right? So do I. Don't worry, I'm not going to call them out. We all have faults, right? So we can live in such a way that we make allowance for, we make payments towards, we save up a savings account for other people's faults. So when they do something stupid, we can make a withdrawal and say, ah, they're already forgiven. Does that make sense? 
The word here in the King James, the, the New Living Translation that I read to you, it says, um, it, it says, make allowance for each other's faults. The, the King James Version here is forbearance, which is, hmm, forbearance. Like, what, I don't know when we use that word any other time except when reading the King James. Here's what forbearance means. It means planning to brace yourself for what's coming. Forbearance, planning to brace yourself, getting ready for what you know is ahead. So you can make allowance for other people, and you can say, okay, people are crazy. People are absolutely nuts, amen, right? So I know this, so I'm going to go ahead and and be building up a savings account of crazy people in my heart so that when someone does something, then I've already have reserves to apply to what they just did to me. Now, some of y'all, can I, can I go where you live real quick? Some of y'all going to be getting together with family this weekend. Oh, here's the thing about family. You know everything about them. They know how to push your buttons. <laughs> and you know how to push their buttons. And so it's really, really easy. Oh, here we go again. Aunt Myrtle was, you know, <laughs> I think everyone has an Aunt Myrtle. You know what I'm talking about? Pre-forgive them. Make the decision now. Don't wait until they do something that offends you. Make the decision now. Because if you wait until the moment, you might not make the right decision. But make the decision now that they are already forgiven. Make allowance for their faults. Amen? So when we, when we talk about forgiveness, you've got to just make the choice. That's the first thing. You have to make the choice. That's how you get started. Here's the second thing is you have to embrace the process. You have to embrace the process. Matthew chapter 18. This is so funny to me. Verses 21 and 22. Peter, Peter was the mouthy one, right? He was always talking. He's always getting into trouble. So he comes up to Jesus. He's, you can just tell, he's really proud of himself, what he's about to say. He's like, hey, John, check this out. Peter comes up to him and says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to, check this out, Andrew, check this, seven times, because that's your holy number, right, Lord? Seven. <laughs> check this out, guys. Seven times. And Jesus says to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 70 times seven. Now, Here's the deal. Jesus is not doing math. 70 times 7 is 490, right? Isn't that right? Okay. I'm terrible at math. What does that mean? It means you're not counting. (laughs) All right, I've forgiven you 412 times, and so you're getting pretty close to the limit. You might want to calm down here. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, no, it's way more than you can even think. Because believe me, Peter thought 7 was an amazing number. Look at me, I'm so holy. I'm willing to forgive seven times. And Jesus goes, nope, that's not it. 70 times seven. And what does that mean? That means forgiveness is not just a point in time activity. It's not just one, a one-time event that happens in our lives. It's a lifelong decision. Your entire Christian walk, you are going to be practicing forgiveness There will never be a time you don't have to forgive someone else until you're in heaven. Sorry. But you might as well embrace it. But this is a process. It's a process. It's okay to not be completely out of the woods. 
when you're, when you're getting over what someone has done to you. But you need to make sure you're moving forward. You got to deal with the mental traffic and the mind conversations. You know what I'm talking about? When you have a mind conversation with someone, I should have said this. And you're just having a conversation and you're just like going forward in your brain. You're like, why can't I say this? It's probably God's grace that you didn't. But yeah, so you embrace the process. Look, even though you make the choice, that's the first step. You're not done at all. Making the choice to forgive is just the very, very beginning. I mean, that's just the very first thing. You then have to embrace the process because, see, you're not immediately healed, right? I mean, when something bad happens to you, depending on the severity of it, I mean, you can take an entire life to deal with the thoughts. And if you were abused and if you were really hurt, look, look. They're, they're, in order to get peace, in order, uh, in order to, to outlive this trauma that came to you, it's, it's going to take time. It's going to be a process. You need to embrace the process. You need to embrace the process. Go ahead and deal with the mind traffic. Talk to the thoughts. I talk to my thoughts all the time. I know I'm probably crazy. That's okay. I'll just be crazy. But it helps. When I have a thought that I know is not from the Lord, I'm like, I, you know, okay. I, I, I talk to you in Jesus' name. This is not what God wants for me. And I speak the truth. Here's the third thing. You make the choice, you embrace the process, and then you recognize that forgiveness is a supernatural event. You ask for help. You ask for help. Hebrews 8, 12, beautiful. He's actually, he's actually quoting the Old Testament here. He says, I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. I will forgive. Who is the forgiver? God. Forgiveness, now get this. Forgiveness is a characteristic of God. Yet you're asked to do it, and you're not God. What does that mean? It means you need help. You need his help, right? You need to recognize that true forgiveness is a supernatural event. God's the one that forgives, so we can't do it without him. So we make the choice, we embrace the process, and we recognize that, super, that, that forgiveness is supernatural. You need help to do it. You can't do it by yourself. Now, oftentimes people ask me, well, how do I know if I've forgiven someone? Because you're going to get a chance to forgive in just a minute. And, and you may have prayed and forgiven someone 18,000 times. Guess what? I encourage you to do it 18,001 this morning. But how do you know when you've forgiven someone? How do you know when there's healing from a hurt? Let me give you, let me show you this verse. It's Matthew chapter 5, 43 through 44. It says, you've heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, this is Jesus, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those that hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. We see three things here, and I have them all in caps in this scripture. Bless, do good, and pray. Do you want to know if you've fully forgiven someone? It's when you can do those three things. When you can bless them. Now, we, we use the word bless. Lord, bless, you know, my sandwich, right? We say bless for everything. Bless, to bless someone or something means to speak positively of it. The Greek word is, uh, is where we get our word eulogize. Like a eulogy that you would do at a funeral. You bless by speaking positively. You do good by doing something positive. And then you pray. Now, you don't pray, you don't pray angry prayers where you're calling down fire and plagues, right? 
I know, like, Lord, I want to pray biblically, so I'm going to pray according to the plagues of Egypt. I just speak boils on my enemy in Jesus' name. May frogs fill their kitchen. Yeah, that's not, that's not the kind of prayer I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about genuine wanting what's best for them prayer. When you can bless, talk good about someone that's hurt you. When you can do good to them and when you can pray for them, that's when you know healing has taken root in your heart. Look, I want that for you. I really want that for you. I think you deserve freedom, the freedom of forgiveness. I want to tell you a story and we'll be done. I want to tell you the story of a Hungarian doctor. His name is Dr. Ignis Simmelweis. Great name. Ignis Simmelweis. You can Google his name. You can look this up later. There's lots of information on him. Hungarian doctor. He was actually an OBGYN doctor, so he worked in women's health. And he would deliver babies. And, and at the time, they were having a terrible time with mothers dying during birth. They were all catching a particular type of fever. And Dr. Simmelweis um, was trying to figure out what in the world is happening. Then he noticed a group of midwives that were delivering babies. They weren't having these death complications. So he's going through, he's trying all, he tried like turning the women on their side. He tried, tried everything. He's like making notes and, and trying to figure out what in the world is happening. And then he realized one day that the hospital where these ladies were giving birth was also a hospital that had recently begun to practice autopsies. And they realized, he realized that the doctors weren't washing their hands Now, see, you know this because in every McDonald's bathroom is employees must wash hands. And I'm still waiting. I'm like, all right, I'm waiting for the employee to come wash my hands. I don't think that's what that means, I guess. You guys know this. You know in order to stop the flu, you know know about germs, you know bacteria. This was the mid-1800s. They didn't know about that. They were still figuring all this out. So Dr. Dr. Simmelweis says, oh, my gosh. If we wash our hands, if we disinfect our hands, if we wash our hands, then we will stop spreading the germs and the bacteria and the infection. And you know what happened to their mortality rates of women giving birth? It plummeted. It plummeted it down to almost, almost nothing. Forgiveness is washing your hands. You get out in the world and people say things and people do things and it hurts you. But you got to wash your hands. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to make yourself sick and you're going to make everyone else around you sick. And this is why it's so important, why God is just so, he just, he, there's no give on this. There are no exceptions on this. Because God says, I need my people to wash their hands because I don't want them sick. I don't want them spiritually sick. And I don't want them to infect others with unforgiveness and bitterness. Wash your hands. Get rid of the infection. Get rid of the dirt. Get rid of the germs. I know it hurts. I know what happened to you was terrible. I know. But you have to wash your hands. Otherwise, you're not going to live at the quality of life that you want to have. And here's my question to you this morning. Are you practicing forgiveness? Let's stand.
We're going to pray and I'm going to release you. I encourage you, if you can, if you don't have something immediately following this, stay and let's celebrate and cheer for those that are getting baptized this morning, okay? But before we do, we need to do business. Come on, close your eyes. Ask the Holy Spirit in your own words under your breath. For some of you, you already know. But ask the Holy Spirit, who do I need to forgive? You may see someone's face. You may think of a name. It may be someone that you've forgiven many, many times. That's okay. Do it again. It's a process. There may be someone you've been holding off. You're like, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Look, you've got to. I'm so sorry. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I know it hurts. I'm sorry. You've got to forgive. It doesn't mean what they did was okay. It doesn't mean they're going to change. It doesn't mean that sin's all right. It doesn't mean that it never happened. It just means that you recognize that you can no longer hold up under the weight of what's been done to you. You've got to give it away. You've got to give it to God. Who is it? Come on. Maybe multiple people. It's okay. If you will, I want to lead you into prayer. Say this. Say, Father, you forgave me of every sin I've ever committed and every sin I will commit. How can I hold on to other people's sins against me? I recognize that this is a command and not a suggestion. And as painful as it is for me, I choose to start the process of forgiveness. But Lord, I need your help because you're the forgiver. It doesn't come naturally to me. So right now I receive the supernatural ability to forgive those who have hurt me. And in Jesus' name, I forgive. Now, in your mind, just begin to say it. Just, just go over each person. Just take a moment. Just in your mind, just say it. Confess it to the Lord. Some of you need to forgive yourself. Some of you need to forgive God for allowing bad things to happen to you. Now, say this. I forgive these people. Help me forgive them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Eric, will you close us out? Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.